Welcome to Panther Paris, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. All right, welcome again to a bonus playoff edition of Panther Paris. It's Alex and TJ again, just like last night. We've got a special guest, as you can see in the episode title. It's former Panthers legend, current radio color commentator, Bill Lindsay. Bill, how you doing? Doing good today, guys. Everything good on your end? And uh, good day. Uh, enjoy, enjoy some sunshine after Panthers victory. It's nice to be down here in South Florida after wins. Yeah, there's no doubt yeah. about it. I mean, first playoff series lead in a decade. Jeez, let's 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 enjoy the day. Yep, yep. Enjoy it and uh, get set for tomorrow and see if we can finish it off. Yeah, I mean, come tomorrow we might not be in the lead, so we'll enjoy it while we can. And that's sort of something I w- I was just thinking about would be appropriate to ask you because we we were talking about like great playoff moments in Panther history, and of course you're the owner of one of those great moments. And now Carter Verhage has definitely etched his name into that Panther. What's it called in the, that uh, 116 to 112 or whatever section, the den of den honor. Of honor. That, yeah. the, the Jersey he wore last night is absolutely going to be in the den of honor as soon as the, as the season is over. And I'm just curious when you look back at your career and you know, how hard you worked to make it to the NHL and how hard you worked to stay there. Like how much do those individual moments like come back to you as just like, all right, that made it worth all the work? Well, all of it does. Uh, there's different uh, things that happen throughout your NHL career that you can look at back on that it's for the most part, you're, you're living out your dream the whole time, but there's different moments that kind of stick out for you. Carter Verhege will tell you that last night's game, he had to play in the East coast hockey league at one time. American mm-hmm. Hockey League and work his way up. Won a Stanley Cup with the Tampa, Tampa Bay Lightning as a role player. Now he's more of a main feature of this lineup, plays in a top six forward role, scores that game winner in overtime, then five points last night. And he's been in on six straight goals and seven of the last eight goals for the Panthers, which is phenomenal stuff from Verhege. He's re- always been really good at the analytics department, did a good job scouting him out of Tampa Bay, knowing that he produced at the lower levels, junior hockey, everywhere that he had been and given a chance in a top six role here that he might be able to have some success. And that uh, has absolutely been the case for him. So he's worked his way up from being a guy that scored at lower levels to getting on a cup team as a role player being valuable in that situation now to a top six forward and providing huge offense when the Panthers, if you look around, he's been the one guy that's been the most consistent this whole series. Huberto, Barkov, they've had their moments. Uh, Ryan Arch had his moments, but it's been spotty at best. But the one guy that's been there pretty much every single game in this series has been for Hagee. Mm-hmm, for sure. Offensively, you know, now he's, tied for the league lead in the playoffs with 10 points. Amazingly, the person he's tied with is Kale McCarr with a, a defenseman who has only played four games in the playoffs so far. So just, just an amazing run that McCarr is on, but I mean, an amazing run that Verhage is on as well. And uh, you, you could talk about some other guys, but uh, offensively, he's really driving the bus 
But you know, from your perspective as, as a former player, it has been really difficult to come by for the Panthers to get the offense going. When you're thinking about, well, you know, this is what I encountered and the Capitals are especially playing that one, three, one that really was thriving in the nineties. You know, the, the devils really rolled it out with Scott Stevens and Brodeur and net. And that was what they kind of revolutionized. Like as a player, what are you thinking about like trying to beat that trap or just trying to beat like what the Capitals are doing defensively in general? It started in game three Panthers when they got nine cycle chances compared to three for the Capitals, even though they lost that game six to one, they were able to establish a four check and you got to be willing to dump the puck in against that system. And if you're willing to dump the puck in, uh, get four checking pressure, get cycle chances, kind of change up your mindset, then you're going to have the chance to score some goals. And that's happened with this group. They've been able to do that, loosen up the Capitals a bit. And then you saw last night down three to nothing. There was just more of an intensity, more of a purpose to their game. And in the playoffs, you've got to be able to have that focus and have that extra gear and have that drive yeah. because there's all kinds of talent. But if you have talent, you got to have work because a less talented team that works harder will beat a talented team if it doesn't work. Uh, and that was the case at certain points during this season or series that the Capitals outworked the Panthers. Uh, and that was the, the Panthers were getting frustrated with that system. But uh, last few games, they've started to break it down slowly, just in their own way, just kind of break it down, get, get the chances. And that's what's, uh, that's what's impressed me most is it always hasn't been their best, but they've been able to, uh, to find ways to win. And that's, what's been really critical. That game four was huge where they missed the empty net or had the breakaway late, but Brosky was able to make the save on your hands. And then you get the six on five goal and then you get the overtime goal. So that really flipped the series. Then capitals have a three, nothing lead. They blow that. Now you have to really wonder what's going through the Washington mindset after you blew a couple of games where you figure got a late lead, should have won that game, had a three nothing lead, should have won that game. Now where's their mentality at? Where's their focus at going into game six when they're on the ropes? I'm really curious to see how it plays out tonight, tomorrow night to see if they have some bounce back. But the way this Panther team, the Panther team looks like they're just gaining more confidence and more traction every game in this series. Yeah, this really feels like we're going to know within – 10-ish minutes uh, of the first period on tomorrow night, like whether the Capitals are going to roll over and, and die, not to say that, you know, they're a bad team, but like we're going to see pretty quickly whether the Caps are done or they're, they're, they're going to try and make it, make it to game seven. The question I had for you, Billy, and, and I was talking about it with George Richards last night, how surprised are you that the Caps have been able to stay with this one, three, one system is like, I think we all clearly see it's what they needed to do to try and make this a series. Cause like you said, the Panthers to a man are a much more talented team. So they're playing this one, three, one trap low event hockey, but how surprised are you that you're seeing the buy-in from players like Ovechkin, Oshie, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, who are not known as defensively responsible players and they're all buying in. And I thought like you'd see a little bit of pressure and they would break down and they'd just try and run and gun it. They're sticking with it. I'm, I, I just want to know how, what you think in terms of uh, the, the way the, the buy-in from the Capitals so far. Yeah, they've been able to buy in. They're, they're convinced. And you got a veteran group over there that's – they got 13 Stanley Cups, over 1,300 playoff games. The coach, Laviolette, they're going to listen to what he says and how they're going to try and get back 
through a playoff series, and they're still able, able to generate chances, uh, get chances on the power play. And they, they, they understand the magnitude, how to play that. Everyone, every team has that one, two, two, or one, three, one, whatever you want to ca- call it. Trapping every team practices at that, uh, use maybe in the last five minutes at different points in the game, you'll see teams switch up to it, but to go exclusively to it, uh, right from the drop of the puck is, is unique in today's NHL. You've seen the Kings do it against the Oilers a lot too. You see the undermanned and, and it works and they understood. And Pedro Laviolette just probably drove it home and said, guys, we're sticking with this system. Just do it. And we'll see if we can frustrate them. And the one, three, one, what's surprising to you, we did it. We didn't score a lot, but if you talk to those devils teams, and if you looked at where they ranked in scoring, that won the cups, they were top 10 scoring teams. <laughs> it's not like they were uh, totally at the bottom of the league scoring wise and couldn't score. You can score through that because you create a lot of turnovers and you go the other way in transition and you create opportunities. Everyone thinks it's this just defensive juggernaut that you shut down and you get no offense out of it. Uh, uh, that's pretty much is it's not really the truth. It's a great defensive system. But if you can frustrate a team, there'll be turnover after tur- turnover. And we've seen it in this series. All of a sudden, you'll get two-on-ones and three-on-ones the other way, and you'll be, be able to capitalize. Uh, the Devils, yeah, the, everyone talks about those Devils teams and the trap and everything. But they were good offensively. They produced. And you do have the ability to still produce out of that system offensively. So it's not a complete just say, hey, we're just going to forgo offense and just try and protect the league and play this trapping style it's a it's been an aggressive trapping style by them and it has it has led to two on ones and three on twos for the capitals in this series and some odd man rushes i mean i couldn't agree with you more billy i mean half i mean what maybe half their even strength goals have been neutral zone t- turnovers that they've turned into odd man rushes whether or not you want to say the the oshi hit was a a, a a penalty on the play that should have been blown dead but like the kuznetsov goal that's a trapping counterplay the OV, the OV pass to Kuznetsov in game one. Yes, it should have been an icing call, but there is, again, the neutral zone trap working. And I, and I, I couldn't agree with you more. I almost like now that you're talking about it, I think like the issue is it's a naming problem. Everyone just calls it the neutral zone trap when they really should be calling it a trap encounter scheme because you do get chances. And uh, I mean, obviously, I don't remember them as much as you do because I was, you know, seven to 10 years old. But those Devils teams scored a lot. Patrick Elias scored a lot of goals. Yeah, because yeah, they they created turnovers yeah they you, you create turnovers you frustrate the other team and they had to they knew the panthers were the best team off the rush and if you allow the panther panthers in this series to get chances off the rush you're going to get obliterated and they knew that going in and laviolette was able to have that concentration now now though the panthers have been able to get the cycle chances get the four check game going and that's one way you beat the trap you just constantly dump the puck in and you go down deep in the corners and work and get bodies to the front of the net we saw Barkov with the play off the end boards to Verhege last night the Reinhardt goal everyone was crashing the front of the net what has, has to happen now is that you got to dump the puck in win 50 50 puck battles get it back to the point get traffic in front and the last couple of games has been much better on the Panthers side for that so you got to give adjustments go on in the series and kind of stunned the Panthers out of the gate first couple of games, first couple, maybe three games. But the Panthers, Andrew Burnett, and the coaching staff have been able to make the tweaks and adjustments. They've been able 
to 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 do what's necessary to get this series series lead. And last night it was down that down three nothing. It was all about the work ethic. And now when you work when you work that hard and the talent shows up, you could see how how much deeper I guess you would say this Panther team is than the Capitals team when they get going full tilt like that. It was a rampage when they started to come back. So going forward, if they are able to, to win this series, get out of this, the things that have to be fixed if you're going to keep going on in series. Starts have been problematic still, again. The, the slow starts to games, first periods worry me. The power play uh, still haven't scored that power play goal. There's some point you're going to need the power play to have some success. So it, maybe in this next game, game six, whatever it is, the next series, you're going to have to get off to better starts. You're going to have to have power play success but the the object is to to win the series and uh try and get by your first round opponent and the second series is going to have a whole different outlook and a whole different persona and it's going to take on a whole whole personality of its own if you do get to that second round so you just take it one series at a time one game at a time Oh yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think that a problem for both teams in this series, and, and we've referenced the nineties a bit, we'll go to the nineties again, but uh, in a different context, the legendary notorious BIG said, never get high on your own supply. And I feel like both these teams <laughs> are getting a little bit too cocky that they can just go out there and do what they think they're best at. And that's going to be enough. Like with the Panthers in the first few games of the series, they just think, well, the, the Capitals are playing a 1-3-1, but we're so good we can get past it, and no, they couldn't. So once they started dumping the puck in and causing turnovers in game two, they were really able to take over the game. And then last night, Capitals had a 3-0 lead. They started really getting lax with the 1-3-1, and the Panthers were able to get past it, get rush chances, and then that's how uh, Verhage got the game-winning goal off the rush when the Capitals were just a little yeah. bit lax and just you know not really buying into that structured system as much as they were earlier but i mean going back to what i was saying about game two i think that that's another part of this like counterattack and how to beat it it's like once you dump the puck in you i the way i see it at least and you can tell me if you agree or disagree is that like it can't be easy for them to then bring it back out the capitals like that's another way you can generate offense is if you get the puck deep the Capitals are just going to try to get it out as soon as they possibly can. So they're going to be making blind passes. They're going to be making risky passes because their hope is that they're going to get it out of the zone before you're even truly in it. And we've seen the Panthers capitalize with turnovers and create scoring chances based off that. But sometimes the effort doesn't really seem to be there. The commitment to causing turnovers inside their own zone. Yeah. You got to dump it in and use your speed. That's where speed becomes effective. Get on the defenseman right away. And do create those turnovers. Uh, just get in front of the net, use your speed. And that is, once you establish a forecheck, then the defensemen are going to back off knowing they got to turn and get that puck as quickly as possible. And then that loosens you up, gives you some chances off the rush. Then that becomes more prevalent if you can establish a forecheck early on. And that, to me, the forecheck and all that stuff with the Panthers, it just comes with that just sort of lunch pill and hard hat mentality. Let's get after it and let's work. Let's go move our feet, whatever it is, whatever the situation. And that's really what showed up in the latter part of the game last night is that they were just, they had a commitment about them that they were not going to be denied. So they just kept going and going and going. And uh, once that first goal was going, 
and then the crowd started getting going electric in the building and juices started flowing and you could see the Panthers even if it was one three one it didn't matter they were going to dump the puck in they were going to be first on the puck they were going to be first to the net there was just much more hunger to their game and what uh that's that's the way they got to play not it's going to, just at, in this series yeah it's been a sometime thing not an all-time thing as far as the work ethic and commitment and if you want to win a Stanley Cup it, it can't be a sometime thing it has to be an all-time thing every single time every single game you got to be able to go 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 so uh that that's where the consistency for me from this Panther team has to come in it it has to be more of an all-time thing as far as the work ethic and commitment yeah and Billy I wanted to ask you something in terms of mentality and it was a story last year's playoffs. The Panthers, you know, not really happy with the how the games were being officiated. And it seems, at least from my point of view, the team on the ice is kind of feeling that same way again in this series. I'm not asking you to comment on the officiating in general unless you want to. But I want to ask you, like, do you see it as well where, like, this team is st- starting to get frustrated with how these games are being called and that well, there's a lot of clutching and grabbing going on that isn't getting called and, uh, you know, a stick grazes – uh, Sam Sonov's face and he's acting like he's been shot from from the stands like do you see that frustration uh, creeping in or is that just uh, fodder that I'm coming up with out of nowhere yeah maybe it creeps in but it shouldn't right it, that should not be a problem and you hear fans complain all the time and I'm, I'm going to tell you this I'm big because I played in the league if you ever start if you ever in the room if you ever start blaming officiating you got issues you got huge problems because it goes both ways and it's going to be whatever. And if, if all of a sudden you just develop a prima donna attitude that, Hey, we deserve these penalty calls. We're, uh, if you look down fan bases, everyone, we're always, everyone's always screwed by the official, but if that ever creeps in, fans can do with it, whatever they want. I don't care. They can complain about officials and have everything, but if it ever creeps into a locker room, you got, you're, you're not going to win because the officiate if that becomes a problem in your locker room that you're blaming officials. That's, that's losing hockey. That's just lose any time, any kind of excuse. If you ever have any kind of excuse that you're saying, okay, don't put yourself in that position, work through it. If that's the way the game is going to be called, then change your, change your style, do whatever. But the, if, if you ever lose a series and you come out and you blame the officials, you don't lose playoff series because of, of it. fans will tell you, yes, you lost because of the official. That's not the case. Uh, I watched you and you got the best refs, but you got the best refs in the world. I played in Germany and I went down and I played in the American hockey league. And you, you want to know how much worse the refereeing can get, go down to lower levels and lower leagues and see how bad it gets. It gets a, it, the drop off from the NHL is like the drop off from going down and playing, it, it drops off significantly. You got the best in the world officiating these games. And they only, they get evaluated every game. Everyone thinks, oh, they want this team to win. They went, no, they don't because they're evaluated every single game. And only the best refs and linesmen get to the Stanley Cup, uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. And only the best refs and linesmen now advance to the second round, third round. And then eventually at the end, 
Everyone who graded out and evaluated the best throughout the course of the season is officiating the Stanley Cup final. They got to earn it just like the players do. So they're doing their absolute best out there. Human error is part of it. Uh, but I, I, I'm honestly telling you, if that ever creeps into a mindset of a team or, or frustration of officiating, then you're not going to win. You will never win a Stanley Cup. It'll be impossible. That's excuses to me are if I ever hear any kind of excuse for losing a game game, I don't, it doesn't belong. We never had excuses back on any teams that I, that I ever remember playing on. It, it was on us to win the game. And if we didn't, then that was our fault. It was the officiating. If it was bad, then it was bad. Find a way to find a way to do something before it. That's, and hopefully it balances out throughout the course of the course of the playoffs. Uh, it's just always to me, such a hot topic button with fans and the, everyone's mad at this. It's, it's, oh man, that's, that stuff drives me nuts. It, it, it honestly drives me nuts. That's just my personal opinion on it. Mm -hmm. And I think that people can recognize the humanity of referees and, you know, it is kind of absurd to think that these people are, are trying to swing games deliberately. I mean, this isn't the Black Sox scandal, you know, like th those days are kind of gone. But I am curious, like as a former player, from your perspective, you know, watching a, a series develop teams, you know, working the refs, not necessarily saying like, oh, it's such a shame that that's how these teams operate. But I mean, I think we would be naive to look back at the two previous uh, championship runs of the lightning and say to ourselves that they, they haven't really mastered the dark arts of, you know, working the refs, working it to their advantage. Like, is that the way that you see it? Or am I, am I speaking out of hand here? No, that you, you got to work them as a coach players work them all the time. Yeah. Talk to them, try and get, get calls on your side and favors and yeah, go about it. Always, always do everything you can for the officials. And that's why you see the goaltender take a shot in the head, take a dive. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? The Panther fans don't like it. Capital fans don't have an issue with it. Um, that's. Yeah. And if, if the Sam Bennett hit was reversed and Sam Bennett was the one doing that hitting, everyone is saying, well, Sam Bennett would be suspended. Yeah. But player safety is looking at it and the Panther fans would probably be saying that's a perfectly clean hit, uh, you know, <laughs> That's just, uh, uh, that's how it goes both work way. But you got, yeah, you're, work, you're, you're always looking for calls. You're always trying to push and trying to, trying to take an extra step and trying to get an extra power play. But yeah, I think you're, as a coaching staff, you're always walking that line too. And uh, maybe if the call didn't go that game, you're trying to look for a call in the next game. You're making, hey, you're always pointing out, look at this, look at this, take a look at it in the locker room when you go in between. And then tell me if it was a penalty when you come out. And a lot of times the refs are good. I've been on the ice. They'll come out the next period and say, hey, we missed that one. Sorry, we got it wrong. That's just that's just on us. And that's that's why the, a lot of these respect players, they have a lot of respect for these referees because a lot of times on the ice, they'll go in between periods. They'll look at a call. They'll walk out and straight walk up right up to you and say, hey, I missed that call. Sorry. But that's the game's moving if you ever watch the game at, at an ice level, it's moving at a lightning speed. Mm -hmm. It's go, it's incredibly how fast it's moving. So, yes, you are always trying to work the officiating just like anything else. I mean, the perfect example is Connor McDavid. Last year, he goes four games, doesn't draw a call. 
he makes the you know they 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 work the refs in the in the press a little bit. This year he drew more penalties than anyone else in the NHL. Yeah, so <laughs> you got to do these. Meanwhile, Barkov drew eight penalties this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to work. It's it's uh, yeah. It, it is unbalanced. You can look at everything and pick it apart. Maybe it is unbalanced and and that. But like I say, it's uh, they're. The refs get there's there's a lot of people that want to be refs in this league that are, are training to be referees and if you don't do a good job you're going to be out of the league just like anyone else so there's pressure on them just like everyone and uh, I firmly believe they're 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 they they are doing their best and what they they humanly feel is is the best and it might get skewed one way or another um, I, that's that to me is just the nature of the business it's just it's they're there and doing a job and yeah, whatever goes with it, you gotta, gotta, gotta figure it out as a team. Mm -hmm. So tomorrow or for today, for those of you who are listening on Friday is going to be game six. And I'm curious again, as a former player digging into the mindset of players going into these games where the other team is on the brink of elimination, but you have that cushion game to spare. Like what goes into your mind going into a game like that? Like, do you feel like we can't let them, you know, force us to a game seven or maybe on the other side, do you have a little bit of like a relaxed mindset that allows you to play with freedom and you can, you know, uh, be more creative on the ice and score more that way. You want to finish it off in six if possible, because I played in a game seven and we were down three, two in that Pittsburgh series. And we tied it up at game three. And what's unique about game seven, as far as your mindset as a player, once you get to game seven, you forget about the first six games because all of a sudden it's just one game. It's just one game sitting there right in front of you. It's you can go winner, winner of that game. You go home. Uh, the rest of it, there's momentum involved for the Panthers winning a couple of games going into game six capitals, something going on in their heads, a little bit of frustration and demons. But if the capitals, if they come out tomorrow night with a win, they're going on and all of a sudden your whole mindset, you're just looking at it and you're saying, this all just comes down to one game. You're every, there's no, there's no such thing as momentum going into game seven on either side, because all this, it's just one game, one bounce, one turn of the puck. We could win this series now. So you definitely game. You want to finish any series off when you got a chance to put it to bed, the quicker you can finish it off and put it to bed, the, the, the better. And the Panthers are in a good shape with everything they've done the last couple of games. So if they can do that in game number six and get it done quickly, that would be advantageous for what they're trying to accomplish. And the way the series is playing out at this moment, this is to me, to, tomorrow night's a big opportunity to, to really finish it off and finish it off strong. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, and the other thing you want is you want that extra rest. Like you kind of hope Tampa, Toronto goes seven and you can get that extra day. You know, Marchman's nicked up. And I'm sure every it's the playoffs. You know better than anyone else. Everyone's nicked up at this point, even though it's only the first round. So get that a little extra day of treatment, get that day off and, you know, hope that you're around across from you goes, goes seven and you can watch that game and start to prepare. Billy, we want to thank you so much for joining us again. 
it's always great to have you on the podcast. Is there any, any, anywhere we can uh, find you other than Twitter these days? Cause I know, uh, unfortunately the TV stuff is going to be ending. Well, I guess, no, we're going to have you on radio. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I always, I always forget yeah. that you switch back to radio, radio so and NHL get, network. Yeah. So. We get, uh, the dulcet tones of Billy Lindsay, the entire playoff run. So unfortunately when we all have to turn off Valley sports, what we can do is mute the TV, turn up the radio, listen to uh, Billy and Doug Plagans call the game. But yeah, thank you, Billy. And any final words before we uh, all uh, start panicking and, and clenching until the end of game six t- tonight or tomorrow, whenever when everyone's listening to this. No, just every, all the Panther fans out there and, packed rank to 20,000 that came and the impact everyone has had this year uh you guys doing podcasts and generating stuff for the team and the content it's to me it's been a really special year and uh looking forward to hopefully maybe trying to win a Stanley Cup would mean the world to me that would be one of the greatest gifts that I I think I could ever see down here for this Panther franchise so to see the fan base exploding like it is to see what's happening around town the momentum that's gathering, this is this to me has been the most fun I've had down here and watching hockey and being part of this team since the, the early days. So this team's taking it to another level in the regular season and see what we can do. If you if you ever hoist that Stanley Cup, that is that's the ultimate dream. And to be part of it and be around it is would be something special. And I would love it more so for all, all these passionate fans that have stuck with us over the years and been part of it. That's, that to me is what's made, made it so special down here for me and staying down here is because I, I become, I've become a lot of friends with, with a lot of fans, people like you and everyone. So that's, that to me has been the, the treat. And we've had a lot of, a lot of suffering over the years uh, that you've had to endure through. So if you ever do get to get to that Stanley cup moment, uh, it would be something that everyone that's been down here for a long time would cherish. And that's something that I want everyone to, to really, to really experience in a big way. Thank you, Billy. It means a lot to hear you, you know, talk about the contributions, whatever, however small they are that uh, our podcast is making to, you know, building the community here. And of course you've done much more and we have to thank you for that as well. Bill Lindsay, hopefully we're going to be able to listen to you break down the game six win on our way home from the watch party party or, you know, wherever we're watching the game. Maybe we'll just turn on the radio at home. All right, guys. So I appreciate you guys having me on. All the best. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. 
Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203.